0: All right. Hey, good morning, church. How are we? Oh, y'all, come on. How are we doing this morning? Come on, give it up. Hey, I am so excited to be with you this morning. If we haven't met, my name is Will, and look, y'all are in for a treat. I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to speak from God's Word this morning. And our worship team, our tech team, Pastor Joseph, this whole group this morning, I'm telling you what, the Lord is working. First service was awesome, and Joseph said this, if you have been coming to 4C for a while, maybe this is your first time, and you haven't met a volunteer, no one has uh, uh, said hello, I want to offer you this cook- right outside to the right, to the the right. At the end of the service, we want to give you one of these. We're going to eat one together. It's going to be awesome. And we want to get to know you, say hello, and we want to welcome you into this place. And before we dive in, I want to just give a special thanks to my pastor, Pastor Ben. I want to honor him because here's the truth. He's my friend. And he's not only my friend, he's a mentor, but he's also my boss. And what's so awesome about this is I get the opportunity in part because he believed in me in some way when I was 18 years old. I started here as an intern. I just completed my ninth year, but it wouldn't have happened if Pastor Ben wouldn't have said, hey, you want to just join this team and let's do ministry together. So could you help me in thanking my pastor, Pastor Ben? I think you can do better. Come on. I think you can do better. It's awesome, and hey, so I've got a bunch of welcomes to do, but I have a 14-month son who is the perfect, yeah, come on, man, this could be a good day, 14-month-old son who's the best, he's a living sermon illustration, and we're going to talk a little bit about him today, but I actually have a picture of this crumb cruncher, his name is Landon. And there he is chewing on this fabulous banana, blueberry, cage free, organic, gluten free, awesome thing that's all merged into one because he is that cool. And here's the deal he took his first steps this week, and I kind of wanted to just share a little bit of the experience with you this morning. So I have a video. Uh, You're going to hear my awesome wife kind of encouraging him on, but let's play that video before we get going to show my son doing his thing here. Yes. Yes. Things are about job. to go south, oh right here. Goodness. Good job. Oh. oh. <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool, right? here's the deal. Harvard, uh, Kentucky. We got a bunch of schools hitting us up. Full scholarships. They're really interested in his just walking ability. They say they haven't seen a 14-month-old. I'm kidding. But we're going to be talking today and ending our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And it's been a powerful uh, summer series. And today we're going to be looking into faithfulness. And, and we're finishing a series, but really the fruit of the Spirit it's found in your Bible. It's in Galatians. And we're going to read that to get started. So if you're following along in your Bible... If you've got your phone, your iPhone, your tablet, whatever you have with uh, you this morning, I I ask you to to bring it out. We're going to read it together, and we're going to get started. And as you're kind of diving in, I'm going to pray, and we're going to begin. God, thank you. We pray that you would be with us this morning. Teach us. We want to learn. Open our ears. Open our hearts. Open our minds. We want to learn more about you. We're grateful. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Galatians 5. We're going to read it. It says this, uh, uh, 5, uh, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, which we're talking about today, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Uh, what's really cool about Galatians five is it's the message the Holy Spirit. It's not the message the Holy Spirit would deliver if He were here. So the Galatians five is not the message that if the Holy Spirit was here He would deliver. It's actually the message the Holy Spirit delivers because He is here. We actually believe the Holy Spirit is here with us. And Galatians five is a beginning picture. Of that. And at my house, I'm beginning to notice this. At my house, the LaVellant household, I'm becoming a man of habit. So I don't know if we've got any men or women in this room that's kind of, uh, you know, have a habitual thing you do in the morning. But here's the truth the pantry could be full, there could be plenty of eggs, there could be plenty of food. But if Will does not have an apple, at home and does not have a banana to start the day, something is super wrong. Like, y'all call the police. Something has happened in my house. If I don't have a fruit, if I don't have a banana and I don't have an apple in my house, something seems to be missing. And I think for us to get our minds beginning to think about the fruit of the Spirit, I want to just remind us of a few things that are true with fruit. And you're going to see kind of where this goes. But the first thing The fruit is the tree must be alive. So for me to be able to eat this apple, at some point there had to be a tree that was fully alive for this apple to happen. And for me to gather this from Kroger to our back table, for me to have it literally in my hand. The tree must be alive. And the second thing is the tree must provide an open channel for nutrients to be able to pass through, to be able to get to the emerging fruit. So the first thing is, yo, the tree must be alive can't have a dead tree because the tree must be alive for a fruit to happen. Second thing, there must be an open channel for nutrients and water to flow into it. And the third thing is time must elapse. Anybody ever gotten a banana that was super green and you, you didn't have anything else to grab? You grab it, you crack it open, you eat it, and you instantly regret it, right? So time must elapse. And as we look today, we're not just going to hopefully gain head knowledge. We're not going to hopefully just be encouraged. We're actually going to look in, in this text and see what it means for us. And the same thing is true in the fruit of the Spirit passage, that for us, it's really similar. That God, I believe, God doesn't hang ripe fruit on a dead tree. The second thing is willingness for us in our hearts to open up channels within us for the Holy Spirit to work, and for the Holy Spirit to have space, and for the Holy Spirit to begin to work in and through us. That's when this passage starts to land. And the third thing, if I could be super honest, the thing I don't like is time must elapse. It has to be a gap of time for us to begin to follow the Lord and let the Holy Spirit work. And time must elapse as we build that. And today, as we look at faithfulness, I really think we just need to remember and look at that, that God is actually He's pretty faithful to us. And if you're following along in your message notes, you got them and you walked in, that uh, you can grab a pen out and start taking some notes. But we got to remember today, church, that God is faithful to us. God is faithful to us. 1 Corinthians says it in a way, but really, you got to think that God's faithful to us because it's a picture of a father who sent his only son, his only son to die for us. That is faithfulness. Before we begin to think about what it means for us, we've got to be reminded that, that God is faithful. God is faithful to us. 1 Corinthians says this, it's on the screen, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And and if you've been following the Lord for any period of time, I think you, you begin to see this, that opposition always occurs when you begin to lean into the fully developed fruit of the Spirit in your life. Opposition always happens when you begin to lean into God and lean into the things that he wants to do in and through your life. It's a good reminder that God will establish and guard us because he's faithful. Opposition always increases. Lamentations 3.22.33 says this, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. My prayer for today, honestly, as we begin to lean in, is that you would be encouraged. That you'd begin to build this Foundation of faith. But ultimately, I want to paint a bigger picture of our God because he is faithful to us. He is faithful. Our father, if you're following the notes, is known. Our father is firm, reliable, consistent. Our father is firm, reliable, and consistent. And Just yesterday, one of our good, close friends uh, just had a brand new baby. And we were at Good Sam Hospital, we had the chance to hold this baby who was seven pounds. I mean, could just fit right here in your arms. And when I think about our father, and maybe you think about the words, firm and consistent and reliable and trustworthy, I think of a mom, or I think of a dad or a grandpa who's, who's beginning to hold that young, precious baby in their own arms. Because nothing's going to take it away from them. Nothing, you're not going to drop That baby, and it just seems like yesterday, my own baby, right, was just being held right here. And and that's our Father, because He is trustworthy. He is someone that we can trust, but also He's faithful to us. Something that's really interesting about being a dad is you kind of get this dad strength thing. I don't know where that where that happened, but it's part of the thing that kind of comes with it. And uh, in my small group, Rebecca and I have a small group, and we meet on Wednesday nights. And we're walking through the the passage uh, in James, and we kind of just going verse for verse. And um, it's kind of a shameless plug, but man, if you're not in a small group right now, honestly, I got to tell you, there's power in um, doing life with a group of people at your home, having a meal sharing conversation about how the Lord is working. And um, it's not on my message notes anywhere, but look, we've got um, small groups coming up. We've got an experience called Freedom. And I can't begin to explain the power that comes from being in a group, from talking with people. And while we were there, this passage stuck out. It's in James. It's in James 1. It says this, Every good gift, every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. That's how faithful and consistent he is. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. And we're beginning to see how faithful our God is. But for us, as we lean in, it really gets to be this. They're really part of it that gets difficult, is that faith requires total dependence on the Holy Spirit. Faith requires total dependence on the Holy Spirit. If I can be really truthful for me, for faith, a lot of times my sight has to precede my faith. So I have to see something, I have to feel something, I have to understand it, I have to know it. And faith has the complete opposite effect. Faith is, hey, you may not be able to see it, you may not be able to feel it, you may not actually be able to understand it, But it has to go before you see it. And faith comes before sight. And that's hard. And our faith cannot be based on what he does. Our faith can only be based on who he is. And I'm here to tell you our God, our Father, our Shepherd, our Lord is faithful. He's faithful. Romans 8, 11 through 14 For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And today we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. When the fruit of the Spirit is alive, it looks like joy in your life. And it looks like patience. And it looks like self-control. And it looks like faithfulness. And if we did an internal audit this morning, as we look into our own hearts, my guess is you probably don't have a lot of those feelings in your life. You may have some, but man, I've never met somebody who said, you know what? Today, 2019, I am so full of peace. I don't want any more peace in my life. Or my family is so calm. My mother-in-law is so kind and my kids are so great that it's summer that I don't need any self-control. I don't need any patience. Right? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through us. It requires total dependence on the Holy Spirit. I found something that was pretty interesting. There was a senator. His name was Mark Hatfield. So Senator Mark, he was traveling to Calcutta, India. uh, Opposite end, pretty much, of where um, some of our work in India is. And this senator was traveling. What was super interesting about this is he was following Mother Teresa. So Senator Mark... From the United States of America is following Mother Teresa. And the time that he's following her, literally, his mind is being completely blown. It's completely overwhelmed. As Senator Mark begins to see things and experience things he's never seen from a human being ever before. And he's overwhelmed by her work. And he says, and, and he asks her at this point, he says this, he says, How can you, to Mother Teresa, how can you bear the load without being crushed by it? And y'all, what she said, she said this, My dear Senator, I am not called to be successful, but faithful. Not called to be successful, but I am called to be faithful. And I'm part of a generation, a millennial generation, that... That yo, I believe in because I'm in it. I'm smack dab in the middle of it. What I love about this church is we have a pastor who has actually three pastors on staff who are in the millennial generation. I think it's one of the most creative, innovative, most incredible generations that's ever come on this earth. But here's the truth a lot of us in this generation, we really want to be known. And we really want to be known, but less of us want to be known as faithful. Most want to be known, and few want to be faithful. And I guess, I, I don't know what it is, I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe I'm getting older, but I begin to just, to just see this in my own life Is man, if I put this picture out on Instagram, or if I put this on my Instagram story, this is somehow going to create this image or create this, this thing that's actually not true, but I want others to see me as unique, and, and, and I want others to see me as this, and really, I think it just boils down, I want people to know me. And this is beginning to directly smack dab right in the middle of that idea. And Jesus is saying, you know, and teaching us that I'm just calling you to be faithful. <laughs> and I guess as I, as I start to grow in my faith and begin, I, I really want my father to, to say, Hey, Will, you? I know you as faithful. And if he knows me and he understands me, because look, the truth is he created me. And if I could probe just a little bit, even if you're not in that generation or that's not it, I'm just encouraging us to... Are we more interested in being known? Are we more interested in the credit? Are we more interested in that uniqueness? We're more interested in just, look, I want to be known as a person of faith, and I want to be known, and that's enough for me. There is an absolutely awesome and incredible, incredible passage in the Bible. And if you're new to church and you're still checking this out, look, I'm a fellow traveler because here's the deal. In this Bible, or you're following along, we're going to be in Joshua 1, 9. We're going to be in Joshua 1, 1 through 9. And so if you're in the Bible, you kind of just open it up. You're going to go a couple chapters in. Mine is page 179. Yours may be different. And look, there's no shame in going to the table of contents. Find your page, go there. If you're on your phone, scroll to it. But what's awesome about Joshua is I believe it gives us a blueprint from a man, a blueprint of extreme faith. And God shows up to Joshua in an awesome and incredible way. And the truth is, the the main character in this chapter, in this this book of Joshua, it's not Joshua, it's Joshua's God, is the main character on display throughout this book. So we're going to dive in. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting. We see in Joshua a direct command from a faithful God that is just majestic. It's awesome. And God makes people great leaders, we see in this, and great followers. And if you scroll one page back, so you go to the left here in your Bible in De- Deuteronomy, we see the death of Moses, a man who was called by God to lead God's chosen people into the promised land. And for 40 years, this generation has been searching and seeking this, promise, this promised land that the Lord had provided. And some people would say it should have taken them 11, 12, 13 days to reach the destination. It's actually taken 40 years of wandering around, of wondering, of, of really just being lazy. And what's awesome about this is we begin to see a, a guy that, that Joshua, or we see a guy that God really calls, and his name's Joshua. And the work of God is done by the word of God in the lives of people of God. And we see this just on display. So if you're following along, we're going to get to it. Joshua 1. We're going to kind of see a blueprint of faith. Here's what it says. God commissions Joshua. After the death of Moses, the guy we talked about, great leader, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Y'all, it's okay to be an assistant in life. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. That's really quick. (laughs) Uh, Another truth here is that when a man or woman of God dies, the work of the Lord does not die with it. It continues on. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, you and all this people, these people, the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot, if you're following along, just highlight that, we will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong. And courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to the fathers to give to them only. He's repeating. Be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it. He's giving Joshua. He has given him. He's commissioning him. He's giving him orders. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Have I not told you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, man, this is good. This is so good. If you're following in the message notes, there's six lines I want you to begin to write in that come directly from this text. And the first one is this, arise, arise. So uh, I'm sometimes not a morning person. It kind of just depends. I think um, it really depends on the sound of the alarm for me. If it's kind of depressing, my day is depressing. If the sound of the alarm is kind of decent, my day is decent. I've not always been a morning person. But what Joshua is saying here is, look, the alarm is hitting, arise. Because the truth is, the time is short. The end is near. And church, as we lean into this, I want to encourage you that your time here is just a blip into eternity. It's just a small fraction of time. And we see as God commissions Joshua and gives him a blueprint of, of having to be faithful, he says the first thing is, arise. The second thing is the sole of your foot. There's something in this discussion of faith, and and we see it all throughout the Bible, that there's a part of following God is partly just walking. The sole of your foot. The Bible's, I think, favorite term for living a God-focused life is walking. In Genesis, Enoch walked with God 300 years, And the Lord took him. That's a long time to walk. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time, and Noah walked with God. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So, sole of your foot, walking with the Lord. The third thing is this, I will be with you. God is telling Joshua, but he's not just telling Joshua. I believe he's telling us today in 2019 is, look, I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I am with you. I am a good shepherd, and I want you in my fold. Y'all, that's good news for us today. It's good news that we have a God that's faithful to us. Fourth thing is this, good success. Selling Joshua, good success. Success. And as Joshua leads his people into the promised land, there's some battles. There's Jericho. Some crazy stuff happening. He says, Look, I'll be with you. Good success. Number five is this meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night. And the last one, I think, is just a reminder as he's given the orders of faith, as he's given the commissioning. And the last one is this be strong and courageous. So in your is: I want you to write, and the first one is arise. Get up. So get up. The sole of your foot, that's actually going to require you to walk. And y'all, I got some new vans on. Y'all didn't say anything, but the soles are really, really white. Because all I do is I wear them inside. But pretty soon, if I'm going to be walking, my sole of my new vans are going to get a little dirt on them. I'm going to get real disappointed. I'm going to have to get a new pair. But the, the, the part of us is following the Lord is you have to actually walk. That the sole of your foot, you're going to have to get up. It's the first key. In faith, you can't just be sitting down. (laughs) You got to get up and you got to start walking. And remember, as you're walking, as you're starting to take a step, I'll be with you. And then also, good success along the way. Meditate it. Meditate on it day and night, the Word. And be strong and courageous. Recently, uh, there's a couple pastors uh, that are part of our team here. And we did the Spartan Race in Indiana. Last uh, week, I guess, man, I'm just kind of uh, not getting, uh, I was really, really sore after this race, but uh, we, we arrived in uh, perfect north. And we were going to do the Spartan race. It was the hottest day in Cincinnati's history, I think. I don't know. It felt really, really hot. And so we arrived. We're starting to sweat. And we're in this line checking in. And so I snapped a photo because I'm encouraged. I am super excited. This is what it looked like. So I am super excited about this race. I cannot wait to become a Spartan. finally, Will can accomplish something in my adult career, uh, something athletic. Right? So as you can see, the hill right there and to the left um, it's like little ants kind of. Those are people, and they're all walking, like they're all struggling. But in check-in, we're still pumped. We're excited. We're just beginning to sweat. But to the right of that, you can kind of see the starting location, and that hill goes to the right. It's kind of that brown hill, and it kind of curves to the left, but you can't see the destination behind it. And as I was looking at this photo, I had just, I don't know, I did a little editing. I thought it was kind of funny. The second part, as you can see in this photo that I have, is these two guys are smarter than anybody else in line. They're pointing to the hill. And what I should have known is gone up to them and say, hey, what do y'all see? Because they were saying, look, up on that hill is going to be a super long journey to start. So anyway, we start the race, and we're pumped. I mean, we are pumped up, pounding our chests, ready to roll. The guy, like this DJ, is getting us going. And we start running, and we start out of the gates really fast. We start out of the gates, we're going to be first, you're going to, you all see it, we're going to come back, and you guys are going to be proud of your pastors, because we're going to be in first place. So anyway, we start, we get going, and about a fifth of the way up, so right beyond that path to the right, there's a hay bale. We jump over it, and then we kind of honestly, at the same exact time, look at each other and say, I don't think we can go any further. I don't think we're going to make it. And, as people, and we're kind of just sitting, honestly, we're sitting here like this. Out of breath, and people start passing us. The same people we were telling we were going to beat in the line. And we're feeling like just idiots. Uh, kids are passing us. Uh, people are just starting to pass on the Spartan race. We kind of look at each other, and we have to decide whether or not we're going to keep walking. Because I'm not coming home. And saying, yeah, I didn't finish the race. And I know I didn't make it a tenth of the way through because that first hill killed me. So first time, I think, in my entire life, the hill is very, very steep. It's a a ski slope, but we're going up dirt. And so what we do is I put my hands on my joints, on my knees, literally, not kidding you not. And I I go like this, and we start making our way up. And somehow squeezing my kneecaps made it feel better. I don't know how that works, uh, but squeezing my kneecaps on the way up the hill made it better. And as we were on top of the hill, we began to decide how we were going to finish the rest of the race. And I want you to lean in here with me, because the truth is, following the Lord with faith is going to require you to walk, and it's not always going to be easy, and it's not always going to be downhill. I believe God teaches us in the uphill. I believe God actually begins to teach us as things are going uphill, as as, as we're really beginning to feel like, I can't do this. That's when we begin to learn. And faith, if I could boil it down into one sentence, is faith is walking like God is telling the truth. Faith is walking like God's telling the truth. I didn't feel it in that race, and in the race of life. Man, there's many seasons, I don't feel it. Faith isn't an emotion. It's not an opinion. And I'm afraid that I think I'm a fellow traveler here, like I said, but I'm afraid. There's a guy, his name's Wilbur Reese, and he wrote wrote, uh, something, and he, he said, $3 worth of God, and it struck me when it comes to faith. It said this, I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Isn't that true? God, I want to walk by faith, but as long as you're working in and through me and everything feels good and life is good, give me that. I want $3 worth, but man, if you start invading my heart, And God, gentleness and peace and patience and things that, virtues that happen when the Holy Spirit is active in our hearts and life, if those things start to erode my plan, I don't want any of it. And maybe you walked in this morning with just the uh, mindset, and I've been here. There's many seasons in my life, I'm here, is God, I I want you to show up in my life, but don't make me uncomfortable. (laughs) God, I wanna follow you with faith, but don't make life not cool. That makes sense. I just want three dollars worth. I just want three dollars worth. Faith is walking, like God is telling the truth, and often it's uphill. And I think the hardest part with faith, too, for me is my mom is in the room. She's from Arizona, uh, flew in yesterday. I'm so glad she's here, and she actually gave me this Bible, 2000, 2009. But what's really cool. Uh, In high school, I think I got a 50% grade on the next thing I'm going to talk to you about. I got a 50% grade on the obedience portion. So if mom said something, 50% of the time I was going to obey it, or 50% of the time I was going to choose another option. But I think with faith, if I can just probe just a little bit, a lot of times faith is just being obedient, and that's not easy, Right? If you can't see it, if I can't feel it, if I can't know it, if I can't walk the path and understand the future, if I can't see five years down the line, how am I supposed to be obedient? Faith requires obedience. And that's hard. I don't want to obey. Obedience produces faithfulness. In Galatians 5, we go back to walking. It says, you were running well. You were walking. You were making the strides. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Galatians also says this. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit and it can work in and through us, it's not about us. Just a little reminder. It's not about us. It's about him. If we can let that Holy Spirit work within us, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Obedience produces faithfulness. And faithfulness, I believe, demands us to be convinced of its ingredients. Look, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. We're going to kind of get some chuckles. First service almost booed me off the stage. But I am a Cincinnati Bengals fan. And yesterday, A.J. Green got carted off with an injury. He's upset. Basically, our season is done for. I say we tank and uh, get ready for the draft in 2021. Um, But it was in January 2016. And for whatever reason, Whatever reason, Will was totally convinced of the ingredients of the Cincinnati Bengals. Somehow, the ownership, the teams, the situation, the Cincinnati Bengals thing got deep into my soul. <laughs> got deep in there. And I was convinced I had full faith in the ingredients of the Cincinnati Bengals. And what ended up, ended up happening, it was a wild card playoff game. A.J. Green caught a touchdown in the end zone. I mean, I'm at the game. The jungle is going crazy. I'm there. He catches the pass. We all think it's one. Then we intercept I believe it was Landry, Jones, somebody from the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger was out, which was great. And um, we intercept the pass and we've got it won. My faithfulness is bearing fruit. <laughs> and um, next play, Jeremy Hill fumbles it. Long story short, Bengals end up losing. And my faith was crushed. Before a moment, I was convinced in the ingredients of the Cincinnati Bengals. And if I could probe again and just lean in, we've To have faith and actually have faith that's anything of worth, we've got to be convinced of the ingredients in that book on that podium. We've actually got to be convinced of the ingredients and say, you know what? What Then this is true. The Lord's telling me he's going to be with me. And it's going to be uphill. But I'm willing to walk by faith. I'm willing to get up, to arise, to wake up. Because time is short, the end is near. I'm willing to begin to put my shoes on. I'm going to begin to start making a path and actually starting down. You know what? I, I'm going to remember that the Lord said he's never going to leave me nor forsake me, said it in the New Testament. I'm going to believe in that. I actually believe that good success only comes from the Lord. Because the Lord knows you and is going to give you a good purpose and he's going to give you significance. It's just following his plan. And it's his plan is sometimes different than your plan. And you know what? As I'm thinking about that and the good success, you know what? I'm going to remember that I need to meditate on the Word of God. I actually need to to read it. And and meditate is a word that's interesting. It talks about really an animal meditating or just chewing, really just enjoying and sitting and, and relaxing, enjoying the Word. And then I'm going to actually be reminded, and we need to be reminded. The Lord says, be strong and courageous. I'm not going to leave you. Got to be convinced of this. Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two says, "Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. If you have faith, if you ask in prayer, and faithfulness requires us um, to meet with the Lord. If you're following along, faithfulness requires us to meet." with the Lord. And the truth is, I'm a better man, I'm a better husband, I'm a better friend when Will actively meets with the Lord. I'm just a better guy. Dad's in the room, you're a better dad when you meet with the Lord. Christian husbands, you're a better husband when you meet with the Lord. You know what? Christian wives, same way. You're just better. You're just better when you actively meet With the Lord, there's something that happens when we get to open this word and we read it out loud, and we believe in that we're hearing the Lord speak out loud. Because this is not just text on a page; it's actually God's breath on a page. As we read it and we read it out loud together, and maybe you're you know you're here with your spouse, and there's power. I'm just telling you, there's power when meet when you meet with the Lord. Just telling you, we're a better church. When our small groups meet with the Lord and open this and share a meal, we're a better church. Faithfulness requires us to meet with the Lord. Last point here is our preparation plus God's providence equals good success. So our preparation, it's not about us, but our preparation of our hearts, our lives, Plus, God's providence equals good success. Faithfulness requires it. Our faithful walking with the Lord over a set amount of time. Plus, God's providence equals good success. The core, the core of this message, the blueprint of faith to Joshua, the core. If you don't hear anything else, just remember these quick six, just this quick six points. The first one is just get up, just to rise. Get up. Second thing is feet. Wherever, where your feet go, your heart's going to go too. So where I'm walking, that's where my heart's going to go. Be mindful of it. Third thing is I will be with you, remembering I'm a good shepherd. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. You're going to have some good success. may not look like earthly success, but just trust me. I'm going to meditate on it day and night. Be strong and courageous group. And man, as I'm reading this, Hebrews eleven just gives us a powerful example of what can happen when people walk by faith. And on this list, there's a prostitute. On this list, there's some jacked up fools. On this list, says by faith Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch did not see death, but was changed from mortal to immortal. By God. It teaches us that by faith Noah was told to build an ark to save his household from the flood. Everybody was wondering, what in the world, Noah? What are you building? But by faith, Abraham left his people and went out to establish a new nation where God led him. By faith, Sarah is able to conceive children in her old age whose descendants were as numerous as the stars. By faith. By faith, whoo, this one hits me. Abraham obeyed God by offering his son Isaac as a sacrifice, knowing that God would direct him and resurrect him. Wow. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau so that they would fulfill God's calling. By faith, Joseph knew of the exodus of Israel from Egypt and commanded that his bones be carried by the Israelites. And by faith, Moses identified with the Hebrew people And later led them out of Egypt by faith. The Israelites marched around Jericho for seven days and saw the Lord destroy the walls by faith. Rahab risked her life to accommodate the Hebrew spies seeking to overthrow the city. And and look, I just want to tell you, church, by faith, by faith, by faith, God continues to use super ordinary people for his extraordinary purpose. And the same truth is alive Today, for you, God can use you by faith. And you could be super ordinary, you could be super jacked up, things may not make sense, your past doesn't reflect what you want your future to look like. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, when it's alive in our heart and it's in and through us, can produce unreal results. It's not about us. But man, I want to be on that list. By faith. By faith. Last one it teaches us is pretty interesting. Is by faith many others, many others, many others conquered, endured, obtained promises, overcame dangerous animals, quenched fire, escaped death, gained strength, fought for God, endured torture, were stoned, cut in half, temptation survived, and gained approval from God by faith. We see it with Joshua. It's a blueprint for us. By faith, anything is possible. By faith. It's just beginning to give us a glimpse. We're called to be faithful. And I hope you, today, you feel encouraged. I hope today you may be motivated to be a better person, but really I hope this secret and and, and, and soft place in your heart begins to open up the Holy Spirit to begin to work and have its way in your heart, in life. And Pastor Joseph mentioned it, but in your chair, maybe under your chair, maybe you're writing on it, it's a connect card. I just wanna encourage you to pull that out. Pull it out right now. We're all in their room together, gonna start taking next steps. And the first one is, if this Jesus thing is new to you and you actually felt stirred this morning, I wanna encourage you right there, next step A, and we've got a team who wants to pray for you and follow up with you. Next step B is something that I cherish around here. It's when we take our faith public. There's baptism coming up on August 11th or August 13th. if That date didn't work. And next step C, I want to encourage you. Uh, this is the one that I'm going to be doing is I want to wake up tomorrow morning. I'm going to read Joshua 1. And I'm going to read it out loud. There's power in reading the, the Word of God out loud. And um, I'm going to read it out loud. I'm going to wake up. It's not going to be tonight. I'm going to be doing other things. It's not going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, later on this week. But actually, tomorrow morning, Monday morning, I'm going to start my day by opening my Bible. If you don't have a Bible, it's totally okay. Pull out your phone. It's it's the same thing. Pull it out and read it out loud. And I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember as I'm reading it, that God said to get up. I'm going to remember that the sole of my feet, that's really, really important because I need to start walking by faith. And I'm going to also remember that, you know what, the Lord's never going to leave me or forsake me. I'm also going to remember that good success can happen. I'm also going to remember that be really, really meditating on the Word of God. I'm going to remember it tomorrow morning. Fill out that step. We're going to send a reminder. And the last thing, you know, we're going to remember as we read it together tomorrow, as a group of people, Just we just read it wherever we're at. God says be strong and courageous. Next step, D, is uh, grow one. My wife and I just attended this a couple weeks ago for the second time. It's just an awesome, fabulous class where you can learn a little bit more about our church. But ultimately, we we think you can rediscover or maybe for the first time discover your purpose on this earth and why the Lord may have called you to serve here, may have called you to serve in our community. And sign up there, free lunch, free child care. We want you to be a part of that. Next step E, it's your final one there, is send me more inf- information so I can sign up for the fall semester of freedom. I got to tell you, freedom is awesome. it's 12 weeks, small group, there's worship. We begin to discover what freedom in and through Christ looks like. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Right now, I want to invite the ushers to the front and As they're walking up, I got to tell you, my son, Landon, he's been my sermon illustration. Y'all got to forgive me. But what's really cool about Landon is he loves goldfish, like loves goldfish. And so we have a huge container. We're buying the multi-size. And so when I give Landon a couple goldfish, he instantly takes that goldfish and puts it right here. No one is going to take goldfish out of his hand. I give him a little bit more in that second hand. Same thing right here on his chest. And he'll start eating. And occasionally he'll extend his hand out to his dad, his able father. And he'll pull it right back in. And I tell you that, because it's just a reminder that uh, our resources, our money, it's really all the Lord's. <laughs> and, and God's offering not goldfish, but he's offered us resources. And... Uh, Occasionally, there's power and faith and saying, you know what? I don't want it to be all here. God, by faith, I want to give some of that away. And you have our guarantee that your money is spent wisely, but not just wisely. We, we believe in kingdom impact. Every dollar you give, it's a direct correlation to kingdom impact happening. And we don't take that lightly. And so today, if you feel led, you can, you can hop online. You can give it a kiosk. You actually can text a number and just give there. What would it look like if by faith this group together would step out in faith and and not our goldfish but the things valuable to us would begin to give to the Lord? I'm going to pray for the offering together and we're going to continue. God, thank you. We are so grateful for you. We are thankful that you're a father that loved us. We are grateful that you have been faithful to us. We are so grateful, God, that in Joshua you give us a blueprint of what it looks like to follow the Lord. And we want to follow you in faith. We want to be known as a church, a group of people. We want to be known as individuals. We want to be known as husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, people, kids. We want to be known as a group that actively followed you in faith. Lord, you're never going to leave us. You're never going to forsake us. We want to actively follow you today. We give everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And as the buckets are going around, you can drop your Connect card in there. And in a few moments, we're going to take communion together. As a church family, and Jen will invite you to stand up and come to the front, but if you've been following the Lord and you've given your your heart and life to Him, this is a moment for you to remember all the things that Christ Jesus did on the cross. By the breaking of His body, we signify that with bread, and the blood that was spilled at that very moment on the cross is represented with grape juice. And we're going to remember that today. Remember the sacrifice that He made. And I encourage you, even just for a few moments, as you take the elements to pray, to connect, to re-engage with the Lord, and you can use this time to do that. So they are going to get ready. Jen's going to invite you up. We're going to continue together.